0: Luncheon at home with his parents was not an invitation he would normally accept with much enthusiasm. He'd usually concoct some excuse, an urgent pressing engagement that could sadly not be delayed. But today he was, once more, in need of funds, so he had little choice but to be courteous to his mother, who always indulged her son and rarely refused him anything. It was not a fortune, but he needed a little extra to Tied him over until Christmas, and there was the small question of Ellis and Turton to attend to. But that was an investment, he told himself confidently, a small outlay for a large reward, or so he hoped. He wasn't sure what the butler and the maid would come up with, but his instincts told him that the Trenchards were hiding something and at that point any illuminating fact about Charles Pope and his connections would be helpful. John was banking on the butler. He recognized a venal soul when he saw one, and Turton had greater freedom of access within the trenchard home than a lady's maid. Turton had carte blanche to wander around the house and could lay his hands on keys that would be withheld from servants of a lower rank. The maid's territory was a little more circumscribed. Of course, Turton had feigned surprise and consternation at their meeting when it was suggested he might investigate Mr. Trenchard's papers, but then again it was amazing how persuasive the offer of six months' wages could be. Walking into the small sitting room at the front of the house, John found his father in a high-backed chair by the window, reading a copy of the Times. "'Mother not here?' asked John, looking around the room. If she were out, perhaps he could dispense with luncheon altogether and go straight to the essential question of finances. It was an oddly decorated room. Most of the furniture, and indeed the portraits, with their heavy gilt frames and elaborate subjects, looked far too grand for their surroundings. The scale was wrong.' It was clear these tables and chairs had previously occupied a larger setting. Even the lamps were a little bulky. It all generated a sense of claustrophobia, a feeling that permeated the entire house. "'Your mother is at a committee meeting,' Stephen put down his newspaper. "'Something to do with the slums in the old nickel.' "'The old nickel?' Why is she wasting her time on that stinking bunch of cockfighters and thieves? John wrinkled his nose. I don't know. Saving them from themselves, no doubt. You know what she's like. Stephen sighed and then scratched his smooth head. Before she gets back, I think I should tell you. He hesitated. It was not like him to be embarrassed, but he was embarrassed now. That Schmidt debt is still troubling me. I thought you'd paid him. I did. Count Sikorsky was generous and lent me some money at the beginning of the summer, and I borrowed the rest from the bank. But it's been six weeks, and Sikorsky is asking questions. He wants his money back. What did you think would happen? Stephen ignored his son's question you spoke once of a Polish moneylender who charges fifty percent and to borrow from one moneylender to pay off another. John sat down. Of course, this moment had to come. His father had borrowed an enormous sum with no means of returning it. Somehow, he had tried to put it out of his mind, but it must be faced. He shook his head. John thought himself irresponsible, but surely...